The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House. Today, I am really happy to be joined by Jamie Yoda. Jamie is the President and General Manager at Sapiens, Sapiens being an insurance technology business. Jamie heads up the North America arm of the business. Jamie, welcome to the show. Great to see you today. Thanks, Nick. Great to be here. Appreciate you having me. Jamie, it's great to have you on. Really looking forward to hearing more about Sapiens, also hearing more about your career as well, professionally, because I know you've got a very distinguished career within the insurance industry before you get on to that though we're in the insurance coffee house today i'm here in the uk you're there in chicago what's your go-to coffee of choice this morning lots of it it's more about the volume i think for me my day starts pretty early i just like black coffee but we'll go with the chicago roast even though it's gone everywhere so intelligentsia would be my favorite coffee of choice got a chicago kick to it i'm sure Jamie, yeah, if we can start off talking about your career journey, very extensive. So if we can talk about that trajectory, maybe if we start off back in your consulting days and leading some of those consultancy organizations. Yeah, sure. I've been in the industry for 33 years now, so a long wow. time in the consulting space, starting out in uh, the worldwide technology group of what is now Accenture, so Anderson mm. Technology, which was a fascinating sort of origin. It was I area of expertise was really to stay, you know, three to five years ahead of broader aspect. And my particular area of focus was around data and analytics and large scale data solutions, which is really fascinating in this time, because obviously, you know, to deal with very large databases at that time to do executive decisioning systems and analytics, it took a lot to deal with things that a terabyte would be a massive amount. And now that's obviously trivial activity, but it's a wonderful route in that sense that when you really learn sort of data and you learn sort of the analytics and how people actually make decisions across the company, you really learn the industry as well. How do you drive it? And for me, I was fortunate back then you to go across different industries. A big part of my basis was insurance and working with insurance companies on how they actually drove you know, decision support systems and used information to improve both the speed and efficacy of decisions across it. And not just the foundation of my career, but obviously has persisted. And I think fascinating base because over the last 30 years, to me, there's been no place for greater innovation in terms of the ability to capture, consume, interpret, and use information in new and fascinating ways constantly. And we see that obviously now, and even though we've been looking at AI for decades, obviously that, you know, is brought to the fore. You know, I've been fortunate to have the base of my career in that, but it's gone you know, well beyond that mid-90s, through good fortune, there was new companies starting up to try to change the way consulting was done. In the mid-90s, Diamond Management Technology Consultants, the premise was that technology was fundamentally changing how strategy was done. And as such, you couldn't be thinking of it as I do a strategy, then I throw it over and I add technologists to implement. Whether you were shaping the agenda or executing that agenda, we needed the same multidimensional thinking applied all the way through. So, you know, the company was founded with that basis and a culture that actually appreciated all sides of it. And so I spent years there 
incredible opportunity leaders that are now all over the industry, insurance carriers and insured techs and financial services and, and other industries. It was an incredible academy, if you will. By the mid-2000s, I led the insurance practice there. And then in 2010, we sold to PwC, where I took on leadership role of the insurance advisory practice at PwC for you know, most of the next decade. We grew that in one of the fastest growth areas in all of PwC, basically building on everything that we did around how technology was changing strategy and bringing it mm-hmm. together from a corporate strategy, operational strategy through to transformation and helping really execute that full agenda and making strategies real and delivering those benefits. That was the lion's share of my career, a fantastic experience for me. I got to work with just brilliant minds and great talent, got to help develop lots mm-hmm. of great people. A really fun and rewarding experience. But at the same time, you know, I felt like I had done that for a really long time. And I wanted to look back at my career, say I'd done other things, worked in the career that actually came at it from many different angles. So in around 2018, I've been responsible for all our future of insurance research, writing, working with executive teams across hundreds of insurers around the globe, around innovation and the future of insurance and how the industry was changing, right? How technology really was creating new opportunities and what that would mean from a business impact and the operating model standpoint. And through that effort also started, you know, had tracked and followed and been engaged with all the various insure techs. Because in 2010, when you told people this is what happened, they all looked at you and said, well, that's great, but who's doing it? We used to run this fiercest competitor exercise where you would, most strategy is by your current constraints and capabilities. So it tends to be more incremental. You'd remove you from that and say, no constraints. What would you create? How would you build a company that could destroy your current business? Mm -hmm. And that exercise, people would come up with really fascinating, quite progressive models that they all loved. And they're like, well, but we can't really do that. Or they would say, yeah, but who else is doing it? It was interesting over 2012 through on, you had this incredible explosion of all these examples. And so we used to track every single one around the value chain and saying, any one of the insure techs are building up incredible capabilities. They're building up new things. They were really showing you a subset of those capabilities or it looked at in totality how you could truly unlock the full potential of digital to change the overall. Now, everybody was picking off little pieces here and there, but you could piece it together and actually use it as a clear examples to executive teams. That, Look, there are things being done. What might this mean? How might you consider it? Through that effort, obviously, I became very close with, as I said, many of the insurtechs at the time. And one of them had a former colleague and great friend was the COO at Snapsheet. And both he and the founder, Brad Weisberg, you keep using us as a great example. Why not you know, really mm-hmm. come help us to take our story to another level? I thought, why not? Midlife crisis, you know, maybe, you know, I hit 50 and like, hey, I want to go do something really exciting and fun and come at the industry from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And I really helped. Mm-hmm make this real. So I joined Snapsheet as president. So Snapsheet is the you know, pioneer and the leader in creating virtual claims, digital first claims process, and from an appraisal standpoint, but then also at the time, building out a cloud-native claim system to build on all the things that they were successful in doing with large number of carriers to actually build that platform to say, we can build the platform in the future for claims organizations. And so it's been a few years there helping to evolve that. We've actually had Brad Weisberg on the podcast recently. We just published one one of his episodes. Yeah, fascinating story about their business, how they took an opportunity. They saw a gap in the market on how they can really digitize the claims experience. Brad's a great guy. He's a great team. Had a lot of fun. And for me, it was actually bringing together a lot of the things we always talked about around 
talked about the bionic organization around how humans and machines can interoperate and how that can change the business, your operating model. And claims is a wonderful thing because the feedback loop is very fast. So you can actually see the impact and the difference that it can make in a short cycle. So mm-hmm. for me, it was a, you know, a fantastic endeavor, just shy of three years. And then the opportunity with Thapians came up. I wasn't really looking, but I thought a unique and very fantastic opportunity for a number of reasons. One, Snapsheet was just claims and primarily auto and just trying to get into how they could support some other lines. And for me, I'd spent time across life and annuity, you know, all aspects of insurance. And Sapiens is unique or at least rare in the sense of, while it's still a technology solution provider, right, which mm-hmm. is the part that I really liked building out, you know, in consulting, you're really, you know, you're building a lot of decks and you're telling people where to go, but helping to put it together. This was really about making product real. And I love that mm-hmm. aspect. At Sapiens, obviously, we have a tremendous R&D team across everything, but we are in PNC and we're in life and annuity and reinsurance. And we have some ancillary things that are really more like startups within the company around decision management that work you know, across all aspects, including even banking and healthcare. Your role, your mission is you coming to lead North America and to grow out North American business. So Sapiens is one of the largest players in insurance technology yeah. providers, core, core systems core foundational capabilities that insurers need. And like an athlete, right, strong core creates the ability to then, you know, really increase your flexibility, your agility and strength to do other things, to do all those more innovative things that we like to talk about and and really build on the ways to improve the decision-making across uh, the organization. That's really unleashed that sort of power that digital technologies can provide. What was really attractive to me is that Sapiens, while being one of the largest including, you know, North America is almost half of uh, the global business for Sapiens. Uh, and one of the largest out there, it was despite some other things. I basically acquired a number of great companies. So Adaptic, Stone River, you know, good, great assets in the U.S. market, largely had been run as sort of an outpost of global headquarters in Israel. To really be successful in North America, you need to be all in in, in North America. And my position was created with that recognition and the time it says, okay, we need to be really serious and we need to be dedicated, focused, have leadership that is fully present and accountable and can control what happens in North America. I looked at it and said, well, there's some real gems. And at the time, you know, we hadn't really scaled it for growth, right? So Sapiens is also unique that we are also aware of the product, but we also do a lot of the delivery. Now that's also a part of it. We had not tapped into partners like most of our competitors in this space. That's, to me, upside. That's a real opportunity and thing that we're moving aggressively on. A few big partnerships coming out here to be published here shortly. Moving on that dimension, another one was basically scaling up the delivery piece and building out that stabilizing where things had. They'd acquired some companies and maybe got out, out ahead of that. It's to stabilize those, position it like we would back in my, you know, my consulting organization, how to really, truly scale up a the talent and processes and everything and, and really build into the product the ability to be much more foundational and really positioned for growth. And that to me was a big opportunity. And then the third was, you know, we've done almost no sales and marketing organization for the US and North America. So we were big despite those things and, you know, very strong, right? 600 customers. So a fantastic customer base, some great assets in both PNC, Life, I said reinsurance, wherever clear market leader, and some little hidden gems like uh, Decision, which Sapiens Decision, which is an incredible tool and capability really for the actual pioneer and basically decision modeling. So how do you actually 
capture and manage their business logic in your organization. And I talked about my roots around the whole goal is to improve the speed and efficacy of decisions, mm-hmm. the ability to extract that and manage it as a business analyst across your organization from in a disciplined way is a fantastic opportunity. It sounds like a fantastic opportunity and bringing together all those years of skills and experience and leadership back in those consulting days, having the opportunity to take significant leadership within one of the best insurtechs around, certainly in North America at the moment in Snapsheet, and then bringing that experience through to Sapiens. In terms of Sapiens as a business at the moment, you talk about, you know, 600 clients, but being a lot of opportunity there. Where are you in terms of numbers of staff members, sort of locations, regions? What's the footprint of Sapiens and what's the growth plan there? We are a very strong global organization and we get to tap into what that means in terms of real skill sets and talent yeah. pools. And for us, there's a you know great partnership we have with R&D and from intelligence and a lot of the data stuff, such an incredibly strong talent pool in Israel. And mm-hmm. you know, that's a big part of it. And then we have a very large team in India, our fastest growth area, but we're not fully swung to those, we have a very strong local presence too. You know, obviously we've got to you know bring this to our clients in a meaningful way. So we have over about 1,200, 1,300 people for the North America business, but we have 5,000 people on a global level that we draw from. It's an exciting opportunity to bring that team together. I think one of the best elements working here, you're drawing from talent around the globe and bringing it to bear on the problems. And, you know, in a world where we're remote here in the U.S. and obviously we're tapping into a global pool, it creates some, you know, workforce communication and collaboration challenges, but ones that, you know, I think everybody has really gotten accustomed to. And to me, something we've always had to hone and maybe the pandemic made us even sharper around it. Everybody turned on their video, which is the best thing ever. But how we actually keep that culture and keep that enthusiasm and excitement and really engagement has been a big part of it. But that's the team. And like I said, we get to draw from a mix of different things and certain products, you know, have strengths in certain you know areas of the world, right? So I mean that, like our intelligence, so we largely drive out of Israel and in India with augmented by resources here. Certain things like our PNC product, where the R&D hub and center is obviously here. And in terms of building high performance teams, I know that's something that you're very passionate about. It's something that you're doing there at Sapiens. It's something that you've done throughout your career and we've talked a lot about talent the war for talent bringing people out of technology showing people the opportunities within insurance in terms of building high performance teams how do you go about doing that and what's the impact being there on your teams there at sapiens i'll take one slight step back and i just build a little bit on how obviously high performance teams talent has been all my career has been about i mean in the consulting world Talent is all you have. We now have products manifested itself in other things, but it's still at its core and at its root. It's Mm -hmm. all about Mm -hmm. the people. Mm -hmm. And it is about how strong that talent is that you can attract and develop and nurture. And I think there's two parts to it. For one, obviously, you know, the war for talent also means you have to attract people to strong technologists and strong business people to insurance, first off. And, you know, we used to have this battle in the consulting world that was always really fun because you're getting all these overachievers who come out of undergrad or grad school who have incredible ambition and they believe you know they should be running every company and awesome but how do you get them to insurance they all wanted to go to banking or to healthcare became really attractive at some point but few of them looked at it and said i have the whole world in front of me insurance wasn't necessarily that where they thought they'd find themselves and and that's true of my career too. But what's interesting is what they found and what we found, if we could just get them onto a project, they would realize that the problems that we were working on and what we were trying to achieve 
was actually some of the most exciting stuff being done around the entire organization, right? So whether it's Diamond or, or a PwC. And the reason is because insurance is an information-intensive business. We are an information business. And as such, as I said before, of all the innovations happening around the capture, consumption, interpretation, and use of information in new and exciting ways, what better place to be than an information space? And it's an industry that, in many cases, always beats itself up that we're always behind, but we're always doing very exciting things. I don't believe that's the case. And we're looking at the operating model in a full new way. The insurance offering itself, things like IoT and others, right? And, and just the property of insurance at its root, right? The risk management, any disruption or change that's happening in another commercial insurance is absolutely fascinating that any disruption or change happening, new risks being presented, right? If you're yeah. in energy and you're going from centralized to decentralized or, or manufacturing to 3D or whatever it may be, those are all new risks. It demands new underwriting options mm. of what's being presented. To me, it's an interesting space. You have to care about all the other industries around you mm. as well. I think insurance, you know, and what we found is that people, once they got in there, we, you know, everybody was like, wow, I didn't expect it, but I love this. This is really fun. And so that was the first little battle. We still face that too. How do you get strong talent to it? And, you know, the good news is that they are trying to take it to leaps and bounds from where it is, not just incremental change. And then Sapiens, for me, obviously, the high-performing team. And so why Sapiens within that? I mean, at its core, to me, a higher-performing team starts with just the appreciation that, mm -hmm. that people's contributions all matter at every level yeah. and every role. And how do you make them understand and feel that? Everybody worked really hard, whether it's in consulting, whether it's product in our R&D group, whether it's you know out in servicing you know, the clients mm -hmm. on, on delivery. Everybody worked really, really hard. And you want to know that what you're doing matters to your team members, to your clients, ultimately, mm. that it makes a difference. And, and I think a big part to me is just so much time gets spent on what you've done. We could do this better. We don't do that. It's, you're always looking at you know, how you improve. You don't take the time to just say, wow, let's look at what we've done. Let's look at what you've done personally and how you know the tasks you're doing roll up to something that is bigger and that matters. So to me, at its core, you know, we're trying to create a culture of appreciation starts with that. And I think behind that, obviously, you know, enabling that as a collaboration that people feel that they're contributing to each other and people value what you're doing, you value what they're doing. It does make it a natural view and then trust and then autonomy. I think those are really the three big things that trying to drive into it. Behind that a little bit is obviously transparency, open communication, bringing people together. I talked about, you know, we're both remote workforce. So in the US, at least we have offices that are more centered, more office-based culture in, in other countries where that's more feasible. In the U.S., the reality is, you know, our people live all over. And as such, uh, it is a more virtual organization, not that we don't have a few offices, but we're largely virtual and we're a global workforce. And so keeping people together around that as a leader, that's a big part of our effort. How do I maintain that engagement? And it's both in context of fun, like we do silly games. Maybe they're silly, but you know, people like them, you know, 15 minute games or what we call taste of talent. So just to get to know people and mm -hmm. people share little quirky talents and, you know, cooking or, you know, whatever it may be, your favorite coffee. And then a lot of sharing sessions from a culture. So we actually get to experience some of the global cultures and unique backgrounds and perspectives that our people bring. How have you found across your career, how have you found differences or challenges between building a high performance consulting organization compared with building, you know, a more operational business? Is there a lot of similarities? Is there a difference there? Or is it all about just working with the best people? 
I think at its core, it's obviously working with the best people and putting them in a position to work well together and, and giving them the tools to collaborate. And the key difference to me is in consulting, it's very much an upper out culture. You don't really have time to drive big specialization because quite honestly, it's taking hyper aggressive, hyper talented individuals and they want to move up onto the next thing as quickly as absolutely possible. In our case, it's a balance, you know, folks that they see the leadership, but they also see, you know, mm. the specialization. And I think it's, to me, it's, it's deeply valuable and important. We have people who are 30, 40 year industry expertise brought to bear in every set because that's the capability that they're excited about and, and they want to hone that and they want to go deep. Mm. And I think that's important. And that feeds into our R&D, that feeds into the project delivery. There's more of a balance of not just you know, people who can solve any problem they maybe throw mm. out, well, they'll work through it, and they'll figure it out. It's people who they're comfortable and they want to solve that many times over. And that's okay. To me, you bring a stronger balance. We bring a tremendous amount of business expertise and, and technical expertise in those roles, right? At the gate, not like, oh, here's a more of a pyramidal structure. It's very much even the, the business analysts, you know, have 20 years experience in that. This is their senior associate or a manager who, yeah. you know, has six years experience. Yeah, no, very interesting. Jamie brings us nicely on to the espresso round where the questions are short, sharp, and to yeah. the point. I know you've got a strong black coffee there as I hear. Are you ready for the espresso round? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. The espresso round. Jamie, what would be your one recommendation for insurance professionals, insurance leaders who come in and interview for you there at Sapiens, people who are coming into an interview for a role there at Sapiens? I would say be extremely passionate and energetic about whatever subject you believe is your dream. I want people who are super excited about, ah, God, I, this I can make happen. It all starts with that to me. Attitude is everything. And it all starts on the top. It's certainly here and see the passion and the excitement and the energy that you have for the industry. And I, I think that's so great from leaders. Looking around at the insurance industry in general from a broader context and particularly sort of HR executives or leaders who are looking to hire exceptional talent. What would be your one piece of advice for hiring the best talent to an organization? I think don't compromise. I mean, I think too often we're going through a process mm. and you think that I have a deadline to get people. So you yeah. kind of take what's there. I mean, my view is there are great folks out there. Again, I would never compromise on the fact that do they have the right attitude. Too often we look at it and say, yeah, but their background's great and so on. They don't really have a passion to say, look, I think I can create something great for you. Then the other doesn't matter as much. And so I wouldn't do it just because you have certain targets and certain numbers and things. And, and too often, maybe we fall prey to that because sometimes it, you, know, you get what you're measured for. And sometimes we don't measure the right things. And I think that's so important part of that recruitment process that actually you do have the depth of talent and you do have a diverse talent in terms of shortlists and people that you're interviewing so that you do have that option that, that opportunities and you know that can vary from company company you know pwc and likes those organizations obviously attract great talent to their organizations but i think as well for smaller businesses particularly in insurance i think it's vital that you have strong pipeline of candidates whether that's come through referrals or external partners so that you could actually make that choice and you can 